Hello, working people of Southwest Washington. You're listening to episode 35 of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, with over 175 radio shows and podcasts for working people just like you. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm Harold Phillips, and you can probably tell that things are a little bit different on this first episode of 2023. As some of you may already know, my regular co-host Shannon Myers resigned her position as president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council at the end of last year, and with it, her role here on the show. It's been a time of transition for all of us at the Labor Council, and for me. For the past two years, you've gotten used to the passion and more than a little sass that Shannon brought to the show, and I've gotten used to hanging out with my friend as we talk to people from around Washington State about issues important to working people in our community and across the world. Shannon was a big part of what made this podcast special, and I'm not going to lie to you folks, it feels pretty darn weird doing this without her. But hey, the news isn't all bad, because as Shannon has stepped down from her position, New leadership has stepped up to help guide organized labor in Southwest Washington into 2023 and beyond. And we've got a chance to get to know that new leadership today. Let's start with new executive board member, Kevin Fanning. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Before we get started, we want to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guests' unions, or employers, not even their... Oh, hell, Shannon did this better. Um, Baby New Year? Yeah, let's go with that. Baby New Year. How's that? Nobody but Thank themselves. You. Kevin, now that we've got that over with, yeah. welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Labor Council's Executive Board. You know, we've been doing this show for two years now and 35 episodes, but I don't know that we've ever really explained what the Labor Council is. What is the Labor Council? Well, to me, the Labor Council is empowering the local unions to work together to further the labor movement in that area, to help grow the labor movement, to help unions organize together, to further the mission of empowering the working people to have more control and say and living conditions in their area. So if that's the purpose of the Labor Council, how does the executive board fit into that? What is an executive board? Well, the executive board to me, is kind of like the steward of the council. They guide where the labor council is moving forward. One thing with the loss of Shannon is she was somebody that was very educated in what the council needed to do to make progress in certain situations in the labor movement. I'm hoping that I can step up and fill those shoes, which which are very big shoes, but uh, I'm just going to have to do the best I can. I'm hoping that the other members of the executive board and the members of the council can help guide me to, you know, be able to fill this seat 
that's the advantage, right? Is that you're not doing it alone. You actually have other members of the board that you get to spread the work among. So, Kevin, now what union are you a part of? I'm a member of United Association of Plumbers and Pipefitters, Local 290. We're out of Tualatin, but they actually cover from California all the way up to the Lewis River in southwest Washington. Southwest Washington's a smaller portion of what my local actually covers, but it's an important part because there's more and more people that are actually living in Vancouver and working in Oregon. Everybody gets confused on what a pipe fitter is and what a plumber is. The way that I think about it is if there's anything that goes inside of a pipe to do any kind of mechanical operation, uh, it's going to be pipe fitter or steam fitter work. A steam fitter thing is if you're working off a boiler and there's steam, then it's going to be a steam fitter job. But anything that goes in pipes, it's going to be a pipe fitter job. We have a large amount of work in the semiconductor industry and different uh, tech industries out here in the Pacific Northwest. You're a pipe fitter now, but didn't you start your life as a union member in another trade? Yeah, I was. I fought wildland fires for six years. That was my first introduction to being in a union. I was in the IAFF or International Association of Firefighters with CAL FIRE CDF in California. So what kind of perspective does that bring as you come into the executive board on the Labor Council? Well, that's a good question. You know, I learned a lot of different leadership, uh, leadership training that I did in the fire service that I still use today in the pipe fitting industry. My first year fighting fires, I did a 200-hour training with the Army Rangers, and I still hold on to a lot of the things I learned in that month-long class today and how to deal with people and how to approach situations. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of different things that you can take from other different professions that you can use in dealing with uh, labor situations and moving forward. It strikes me that given what you said before was the purpose of the Labor Council, bringing different unions together so that they can work together for a common interest, the fact that you've been a member of two different unions doing two different trades seems to make you sort of suited for that purpose. I'm looking at the list of other people on the executive board, and we've got electricians, we've got nurses, we've got educators. Yeah, working together is part of the deal. The better that we can understand each other and be able to bounce each other's ideas off each other to come up with a solution to a problem, the better that this is all going to work out for the Labor Council. And for working people in general in our community, right? Definitely. A lot of people are just thinking about growing their own union and trying to make their union stronger. But we have to start thinking bigger than that. We need to start growing not only the unions that there are, but there's different areas that there could be unions that aren't there that we need to look into and helping them grow. You know, by helping them grow, that's how we can grow the council and the union uh, philosophy in the area. And power for working people. I think that's one of the great things about there being a body with a lot of different unions, right? Is if somebody is thinking about organizing their workplace, they can go to the Labor Council and there may be representatives at the Labor Council of different unions who may be able to help them out. Yeah, definitely. You know, I would love to say that I help someone get organized, but it's a lot harder than it sounds. 
to get people on board with organizing and working towards a better future for themselves. Just because companies that are out there don't want to be organized because, you know, they feel it's a problem with their bottom line and they don't understand that when they help their own people, that it helps everyone. And aside from that, there are the vagaries of U.S. labor law, which I know don't make it any easier, right? Yeah, correct. Labor law is, is uh, an obstacle that we all have to deal with, and that's where we have our labor councils. Well, like you said before, the more we share ideas, the stronger we are. Correct. So, Kevin, this is our first show of 2023, which means we got to look ahead to the year ahead, and you're starting off in a new position. What are you looking at at the coming year? As far as uh, what I see in the next year is that I'm going to try to be there and, and take an active role. It'll be an interesting year. I mean, I've never been on an executive board before, but I'm learning a lot. I've learned a lot in the last couple of years. I'm being more active and trying to be a part of not only my local, but the labor council uh, going to actions and trying to take part in the change that we need to have if we're going to grow and continue to try to change things for the better in our area. What does that mean, Kevin? What does it mean to be an active member of your union or an active member of the labor movement in your area? I think that to be an active member, you actually have to take part in the local goings on of either the labor council or your union. I mean, I go to all my union meetings. Uh, I'm on different committees. I know what's going on. If someone in the local was to ask me a question, I would be able to get an answer. I think it's important that an active member, you know, participate in what's going on with their local, not only with the committees and everything else, but like we have picnics and uh, other things where you could you know, get to know the membership and, and fellowship a little bit to where you know who you're dealing with. Yeah, I think that's a part of being in organized labor that a lot of members don't really think about. Yeah, you get wages, you get benefits, you get the stuff that's negotiated through the contract, but you also get that sense of community, right? You're a yeah. part of something bigger. And that also extends out beyond your own individual union, to the labor movement as a whole in our region. I agree. People will get organized and they'll take their oath. And once they get initiated, they never go back and they don't see the hall again unless they have to go through the apprenticeship. They figure that that small amount of people that are showing up and doing the right thing for the local are going to make the right decisions, which isn't always the case, you know. Unless you're there and you're paying attention to see what's going on, you never know. That's why union democracy matters. And exactly. that's why organizations like the Labor Council matter, so that people can find out what's going on in their community and how things are being done to better their situation. Knowledge is power, brother. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kevin Fanning member of UA290 and new executive board member of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and I hope I can do my part. Now stick with us, working people. We're going to meet the new president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council right after this. Hello. 
Hello, I'm Joe Cadwell, host of Grit Northwest. You can find my show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast directory. Grit Northwest is now part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, where you can discover other union-specific shows to help you learn more about organized labor movements across the nation and around the world. It's one-stop shopping at its best. Just visit laborradionetwork.org. Once on the main page, click on a logo that interests you and a show description with hyperlinks will magically appear. How easy is that, right? So ditch the TV and grab those earbuds to hear the collective voices of workers from around the globe demanding fair treatment from their workplaces and elected officials. Join us at laborradionetwork.org. And until next time, this is Joe Cadwell reminding you to work safe, work smart, and stay union strong. Thanks for sticking with us, working people. You've met our new executive board member at the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Now let's meet the person sitting in the big chair, the new president of the CLC. His name might just be a little familiar to you if you've listened to previous episodes. It's Evergreen Education Association member Sean Gundert. Welcome to the new office, Sean, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Harold. It's so good to be here and be serving in the office. So, Sean, you were voted into office in December, and you were just sworn in during the first week of January. What's this transition been like for you? Yeah, so far it's been really great. It's cool to have all the support from all my union siblings, and a lot of it's honestly just been figuring out where everything stands, figuring out how the processes work. You know, I've been a part of the Labor Council for many years now. And just getting my head wrapped around, you know, it's big shoes to fill with Shannon stepping out and figuring out what all of that looks like and what that means. And just making sure none of the plates that are spinning topple over at least too noticeably. And there are a lot of plates to spin. Now, you were serving as vice president of the Labor Council before you were elected president. What's the difference in those two positions? Yeah. So a lot of organizations have a vice president, they have a president, and often the vice president is somewhat ambiguously defined. It's something that, you know, vice president needs to be able to step up and take over when needed. I had a time or two where I ended up chairing the labor council meetings as Shannon had to be away. But a lot of times the vice president's role includes the language of duties as assigned. And my duties as assigned was running the political action committee. So for the last year, I ran our political program. So now you're president. Obviously, you're still going to be involved in that political capacity, but there are other things that you're involved in as well, right? Oh, absolutely. The president has a role on each committee. So the political action committee, especially because I have that recent experience, whoever steps in as our vice president, I'm going to be able to offer a lot of support with that. We have good bones there for running a good political program, and I'll be able to still contribute in meaningful ways, just like Shannon did. You mentioned other committees. This is something that Kevin and I got into during the last segment. A lot of people don't really know what the Labor Council does, what it's all about. Are the committees a part of that, what it's all about? They can be, and they should be. We have our political action committee, as mentioned. We have ethical practices committee, which handles anything that comes up that needs to take a close examination of as far as how things are going in our processes. We have our ULSTC, which is our Union Label Service Trades Council. We have our Southwest Washington Works Together Committee, which I was chair of for a few years. That's some of our external organizing work. It's growing our own capacity as a labor council. 
External organizing, what does that mean? Yeah, so in unions, we have external organizing, we have internal organizing. So internal organizing is how we work with our own members and how we build power together within our own unions and locals within our council. There's an internal structure to that. You know, our internal organizing as a labor council might look like shoring up our delegates, showing up to meetings. External organizing would look like anything that we're doing outside of our union, working with other working folks. So helping people to grow their own union strength, working together across locals to meet desired goals, meet outcomes. Like a lot of us, for example, are spread across multiple unions in the same sector. And so we have similar interests or we have similar needs. A lot of us work for the same employer, but under different unions. And so there's really benefits to being able to collaborate with each other because that's how the boss wins us through division. And so if we can unite across locals, across our bodies, across all of our folks working in the fields that we do, we can make big wins together. And that's what external organizing is, is doing that external work with other people. This sounds pretty similar to something Kevin was talking about, about how the Labor Council is putting unions together so they can work together for common goals. It sounds like when you're talking about external organizing, you're talking about unions and people who may not be in unions yet working together towards common goals. So because you have a history of leading this committee, what do you think that says about what you bring to the office of president. I'm coming in with an organizing lens. I'm coming in knowing that after the pandemic, with all the economic issues that we have in the working class in Southwest Washington, you know, we need to come together. We need to rally together so that we can start taking back the power that we deserve, that we are frankly owed by people that have been profiting off of our own decline. That's a lot of fire that you're bringing to the office. I got another question for you. Now, you're a member of the Evergreen Education Association, right? I am. And I know from our previous interviews that you're actually a science teacher. I am. I'm a high school science teacher at Henrietta Lacks. Now, a lot of people, when they think of union members, they think of people who drive trucks or work in factories. You're an educator. What do you think you bring to the office of the president as an educator? Well, first up, there's similarity. I'm a worker. I'm a working class person, just like my brothers and sisters and siblings in Lyuna and IBW and painters, bakers, uh, healthcare professionals. You know, we all work for somebody and us having that strength and being able to come together and have a say in what our working conditions look like. That's a really powerful thing. I maybe have a different perspective in some of the work that I do. With my job, I never really have a second downtime. I'm always on my feet. I'm always working. I'm always talking with people. I'm always um, problem solving. I'm always figuring things out. And I have to be several steps ahead of everyone else in the room at a given time. And so a lot of it comes down to being organized and having a goal, having steps to meet those goals along the way, being able to come up with things on the fly, address problems as they come up. Um, I'm not going to say it's a unique strength, but it is a strength that I think any educator coming into the labor movement has. So here we are at the beginning of 2023. You're at the beginning of your term as president. What kind of things do you have in mind for the Labor Council, for labor in Southwest Washington? Yeah. First off, just having all the good things that we have going on happening. So we have our political program. We have things like our Labor Day picnic. And coming up, we have our Labor Awards banquet. And there's a lot of work that goes into each of those things. Some of that happens over the year. 
like our political program. And some of it takes the whole year to build. Number two, it's just making sure that the meetings that we have every month happen with at least the same amount of transparency, with the same amount of democratic process, making sure that we have voices heard and included, and that we're doing the good business that we've been accustomed to, and to maybe even grow in that capacity. You know, good work's never done. And then Number three, that organizing, getting more voices to the table, doing some outreach. We had the president from Ridgefield EA join us at our last meeting, having more folks show up as first-time delegates, having more folks show up as first-time affiliates, working on building that capacity together, because that's really what we do in labor is we show up and we support and we fight together. And getting to that place where we can fight together is, I think, really important. And so that's other than you know having nothing catastrophic happen. Having that be facilitated is my main goal coming in as president. Sean, you mentioned the meetings. Now, the meetings are actually taking place at a new location this year, right? Yeah. So OFNHP, the Oregon Federation of Nurse and Healthcare Professionals, is hosting us at their Vancouver office. So don't then go out to their Tigard office. That would be a waste of your time. Well, Maybe you'd meet some cool people along the way, but you would not see us there, unfortunately. That's at 316 Southeast 123rd Avenue in Vancouver, right, Sean? Yes, it's right by the Cascade Park Kaiser Permanente, um, right by Vault 31, right by Window, Mexico, all on that same side of the street there. And we are meeting the first Wednesday of the month still at 6 o'clock. OFNHP, by the way, is at the moment our largest affiliate. So we get to be in good company and a good place with some of our strong members. You know, it's interesting that you should be talking about a federation of nurses and healthcare providers because it sure seems like we're seeing a lot of action in the healthcare sector lately. Just Today, the day we're recording this, the nurses settled a big strike in New York, and I think OFNHP is getting ready to have a demonstration at Kaiser Sunnyside in Portland, right? What's going on in the healthcare sector? Heck yeah, I'm going to be there tomorrow. I'm going to continue to show up for our nurses and healthcare professionals, our techs, everyone that needs to support. Um, what's going on is a thing called COVID. The pandemic hasn't ended. It hasn't gotten easier for our nurses. It's been a really hard job. And to my understanding from talking to some of our nursing brothers and sisters and siblings is that there's a real shortage in the certified nursing assistants. And those positions frequently pay around $20 an hour, maybe a little less. And those are the people that are really on the front lines of healthcare in our hospitals. And otherwise, they're the people that do some of the hardest, dirtiest, and most dangerous jobs related to nursing. And they make Uh, about as much as they could make at Walmart. So it turns out people are kind of fed up with that. It's been a hard time for people in the healthcare industry. And a lot of the demonstration that we're seeing, a lot of the tense negotiation that's happening, the strikes that have been going on, a lot of that is related to safety in hospitals and in healthcare settings. And a lot of that stems from major shortages in those places, especially with our support professionals like our CNAs. You know, Sean, we've been talking about the unions that make up the Labor Council, but why should our listeners who aren't members of unions care about what happens at the Labor Council? What 
difference does that make in their lives? Well, I'm going to say two things here. So first thing is, if we just look at the numbers, we look at the statistics, we look at the financial info. If we look at areas that have high union density, we have areas with higher overall economics. We have places where people make higher median wages. Whether or not you're in a union, you either benefit from having high union density near you, or you are harmed by having low union density near you. And when we have areas of low union density, they are a product of people deliberately attacking the working class and undermining how much money we make, what our working conditions look like, and so on that affect us on the day-to-day basis. So unions matter whether or not you're in one. Second, it would be my pitch to anyone that is thinking about joining a union, um, has the opportunity to join a union, or is just thinking about unions in general. As someone that has a job or works or exists, you should have a right to your own conditions. You should have a say in how your job looks. It shouldn't just be up to your boss. You should have a say in the matter. And if you're just one person, you don't get a say. If you want your job to look different, that's for them to decide, not for you. However, if you and all of your coworkers were to demand something, were to need something, because you know your job better than anybody else, if all of you stand together, you have more say in the matter. And I think that everybody should have a say in what their working conditions look like. I know that you're a busy guy and I don't want to keep you. Anything else you'd like the audience to think about in closing? I would just make a plug for our Labor Awards Banquet that's coming up February 25th at our Union Hotel, downtown Hilton, Vancouver. This is such an exciting thing that the Labor Council is doing in concert with our neighboring Labor Council, the Kalitswakayakum Labor Council. And last year, it was so much fun. I think everybody had such a great time. Yeah, last year was awesome. And we had such a good time that we decided to purchase a larger hall this year, a larger space. So we can add some more tables. We can have more people eating with us, winning awards with us and everything else. All the good times. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us. My new boss, Sean (laughs) Gundert. President of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Oh, that's 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 a four-letter word, Harold. <laughs> my new comrade, who also happens to sign my checks. How about that? I'll take that one. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Find out more about what the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is all about at our website, SW. WACLC.org. And you know, folks, one of the things the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is about is making sure that all working people are treated fairly in their workplace. Right, Sean? Yes, sir. Whether they're a pipe fitter like Kevin, or an educator like Sean, or an actor like me. That's why this podcast was recorded under a SAG AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at swwaclc.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at swwaclc. And hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. And while you're at it, give us five stars or pick up the sign at the demonstration outside the hospital or... 
whatever your podcast platform of choice gives you to let people know you like what we're doing here. One last thing, folks. Think about what Sean said just a minute ago about how much power you and your coworkers can have when you go to the boss together. We're at the beginning of a brand new year, and I know a lot of people are making resolutions and thinking about what they want to do differently. Have you been thinking about your job? Have you been thinking about how things could work differently in your workplace? Maybe this is the year when you talk to your fellow workers about doing something together. Maybe this is the year that you reach out to some of your union friends, like Sean, like Kevin, like me. Maybe this is the year that you make a difference with your coworkers. Give us a call. You can find us at info at swwaclc.org. If you want to make a difference at work, like Sean said, you can only do so much yourself. But when you have a group of people, you get a lot more attention. We'll see you soon.